0: Welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey. And with me, I have Josh Cacho. Josh, how are you feeling after this match? Um, You know what? After
1: kind of reviewing in just a hair and just kind of looking at a few things, I feel a little bit better um, then obviously the result shows. They, they, you know, we largely played fairly well, but there again, there's just a few frustrating things that we've seen that, you know, again, it's starting to border on, on tendency now you know, that, like you said, is a bit concerning as we
0: head into the final stretch. Yeah, I do agree. I mean, I don't think this match was as terrible as it feels, mostly because LAFC is in this sort of lull right now where we've got four games unbeaten, which started with the draw against the Galaxy uh, and then continued with another draw against, or I guess then there was the loss to Minnesota, the draw against Orlando. No, another draw to to Philadelphia. Uh, one thing I will say is, um, at least one of these teams, Philadelphia's good. Uh, Galaxy are a good team when they want to play. Minnesota has been uh, rather impressive, I guess, at times this season. And Orlando is just—I don't know why we lost to them, but um, uh, they mean ninety looked good again to today or
1: yesterday, last yesterday. So yeah,
0: yeah, it's true. that's true.
1: You know, again, I think it's just one of those things where. You know, I think you have to, as as LAFC, as, as you know, basically the marked man at this point in of the season, you have to understand that you're going to get everyone's best game, you know, from the jump, right? Like, I think, what did they say? The only, the Philadelphia sold out and had only had standing room seats available and had standing room seats available only, and it's not the 32-52 type of standing room only uh, seating available. And that was, you know, again, I don't think they've had that all season. And so... There was a buzz around that they were ready for it, you know. And again, like the how we came in and how they've kind of approached some of these big games, you know, that it's it's interesting because it, while we talked about the them almost being too hyped for the Galaxy game, for the Atlanta game, and then this one again, you almost there was almost like a sense of. You know, again, they maybe they weren't ready, or they're just la- lackadaisical at moments. You know, to start the game, and again, I think you see those that lead to, you know, again the this the couple of dead ball goals.
0: Yeah, I think the dead ball goals are becoming a bit of a problem, and I think it probably started with Galaxy when they decided, hey, if we play long to a big target striker on their left side. Um, then we can we can probably win some headers, knock some balls down. And with the LAFC press being what it is, uh, there's not going to be a whole lot of midfielders around to pick up the pieces on those 50-50 balls, uh, which is definitely something we've seen. Uh, we saw it last night, and we've actually seen it every game since the Galaxy match. So Galaxy had the goal off of, the, off of a goal kick. I think that was... Uh, I don't remember who ended up finishing. I guess it was Zlatan. Zlatan knocked a ball down to Fabio Alvarez, who then gave it back to Zlatan. I think that was their third goal. And then against Minnesota, you've got uh, a free kick conceded kind of like in our left midfield. And Minnesota plays it in. They win a fifty, you know, Mason Toy wins a 50-50 and then takes a a great shot from the outside from outside the box. And then last week against Orlando you've got a goal given away because we're asleep at the kickoff um, which is quite possibly the most inexcusable of all of them but uh is this do you think this is a problem going forward
1: um part of me wonders if it's a matter of just them ready to be in the playoffs right like you know, it's like there's a weird sense that you know, then I think throughout parts of the season, you, you know, like when you have a lead this big, you're going to mentally shut off at times. And, you know, and I, I think we didn't see this until what the last, he said like the last four or five games or so is when you've started to see a few of these things happening, but, you know, for the majority of the season and, you know, and it and it's demonstrated by the, the record so far and the way that they've played, you know, you haven't seen some of these lapses. And so part of me wonders that if it's a matter of them just – needing that next challenge and the next thing that's in front of them, you know, and obviously Bob's not going to be able... not going to take that as an excuse, you know, um, because I think you just have to be ready for every game and play your best every game. And you saw them turn that, you know, basically turn it on from, what, minute 20 afterwards. You know, you just... you saw the team that we're used to seeing, you know, that, again, and just had a couple chances didn't go their way or calls it didn't go their way for that matter. Um, and so, again, like, I obviously because of the the proximity to the playoffs you have you know you you can't help but worry a little bit whether it's whether it's a symptom of a larger issue I don't know if I'm ready to go down you know go that far yet
0: right I think that's where I'm at it's you know that we come into this lull uh, at a really bad time where everybody's thinking about MLS Cup their supporter shield race uh, though not finished seems to be a bit of an afterthought which uh, I think is mostly safe to do Uh, NYCFC are still charging, still winning all their games. So uh, we got to get some wins on the board here sooner than later. But with that being largely an afterthought at this point, I think everybody's attention is turned to the playoffs and we see, you know, teams come in and either completely park the bus and have results or they play direct and get results against us. So I think that's where a lot of the concern comes from. Um, granted, we we're not helped by the international window. We're not helped by Carlos Vela's injury. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks as LAFC tries to get back in form and ready for the playoffs here. Yeah. I
1: mean, I think the one thing you have to, we have to point out, right. Is that we, the team just really hasn't had the full squad for training in probably a month time now at this point, right. The last time was that you probably had everyone ready and available and, no, but not even, and even then, it was it was a little bit messed up because again, that was when, Rodri, you know, Ramirez had just left, and Rodriguez was, you know, still has. I think had only trained for a couple of days before, you know, before he played in that Galaxy match, and so it's one of those things where you really just haven't seen any of them with that opportunity to play together and to train together and those things actually, at least for an extended amount of time, again, mainly because of the Vela injury. And so I think that that definitely plays a factor as well in terms of just the level of sharpness that we would normally see.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you could definitely see that Vela was uh, being a bit careful, especially in the beginning, not fighting too hard to get on the ball, uh, not even really on screen most of the time. Um, He gets his 28th goal, which is great, uh, three away from tying Joseph Martinez's record. So... There is that. Do you know what the total is now in his goals and assists? Uh,
1: That I'm not even sure.
0: It's I mean it's absurd. Yeah, so I think it's what. Yeah, so. uh, Hopefully he can get you know a handful of goals. We've got four matches left in the in the season, so definitely his pace he'll at least tie. I think he's on a one goal a game. I guess just below one goal a game, huh? Yeah. We well,
1: and to and to that point, right? If you think about the way, you know, like I said, when you're talking about how he has been playing, you know, how he was kind of slowly working himself into the game and so on and so forth, I think that actually plays a factor in the um, in the in the first goal, right? Because again, normally that press, you know, like when they're pressing high, you know, with the front three, you know, Vela is involved and he has been involved, but he, you just you didn't necessarily see that. Um, at in the beginning of this game and so you know in usually to compensate what's going to have to happen is the midfielders are going to have to you know play a little bit harder press a little bit more play a little bit further to pitch to compensate for him not being able to press probably to the extent that he would normally be able to and then at that point now the back line's basically by itself and you're you're just ha- having to recover and so you know again that that his His hesitancy in the start of the game, and his, you know more or less just trying to ease himself into into fitness, I think played a role in giving up that that goal as well. And yeah. so it's you know, it's something to consider
0: right. And I think it kneecaps you a bit in the second half as well when you're trying to uh, chase the winning the winning goal there. He's off and and you have Rodriguez, again, who looks fine, but you can't expect him to fill the shoes of Carlos Vela right now, who's been playing in the system for two years. And is inarguably better. So uh, that's a tough spot to to bring in Rodriguez. Um, I would like to see him get on the scoring sheet sooner than later before uh, any new narrative start coming up about our third dp well, even
1: even even I just want to see him and Vela play together. Right? I, like yeah, right. we still haven't even seen our three dps play together in a, in a match yet. right? They've mm. played in the same game but never all three on the same field. And so I think that's another thing that we have to consider. And again, mostly because of, of Bale's injury, which, you know, again, has, has provided some problems in terms of their continuity and ability to do it on the field.
0: Yeah, I'd really like to see them get significant time in the next couple matches together. Um, I, I think Dio probably needs to to come out of the starting lineup for a while. Um, I don't know if the squad is ready to do that yet, if we're ready to go to the three wingers, all interchanging positions up top yet. But, well, but
1: I think it saves Vela's legs, right? Like if you, you know, like, you know, if you look at, for example, Barcelona and the way that they've protected Messi over the last couple of years, um, Valverde has had to do a couple of things in terms of their defensive shape to basically keep him, you know, to save him for the part, you know, the part he does best and that'd be offense. And so... What you I think you might see is you know Vela playing at the t- at the top of the three where he can he's not going to have to do as much work because Latif is right underneath him, and then then at that point you have Rodriguez and and Rossi providing most of the pressure on the wings, and so you again you you'll have a you'll have a front three that can do a lot of different things offensively, yet at the same time have a little bit more defensive stability because you're not asking that much. As much as of Carlos Vela, as opposed to you know, because you're basically just going to have him run at the keeper and make him play it a certain way, and then let the wingers and the midfielders close you
0: know close that down. Yeah, yeah, I do think that that offers some interesting possibilities. We've seen Atuesta have a lot of success playing Carlos uh, specifically in between the center back, so it does make me wonder if uh, if that allows. Mark Anthony K to drop back a little bit more and see that Tuesta Vela combination right there in the center of the pitch. Um, Kind of getting ahead of myself there, but just as you're talking about this, it brings up some interesting possibilities with him there trying to save his legs. I think your point about Latif Blessing kind of being the worker or the workhorse right behind him is good. Um, And I I really do think Dio, uh, I, I, he's like he's so hot or cold he's either scoring them in bunches or non-existent and just you know kind of quitting on a, on, on a lot of plays in my eyes
1: yeah and I, I mean and it's one of those things where you know I think he this was a game that I think he was largely frustrated just you know again they were you know, Uh, Sagafi was basically given giving the defense the license to basically just beat him up, and you know they let a lot go. And I again, I think as a striker, when you feel like you're not, you know, you're doing your thing, but and then people are hanging on you, you can only, you know, you can only do so much, and then at, to a certain at a certain point, I my guess is you're going to get frustrated, and then that that that's going to show. Up in more ways than one, right? I think you see that type of thing from Zlatan sometimes. Again, some of these teams that just hang people on his back for, you know, right. The majority right. of the, you know, you have a two center backs that are basically just hanging on his back, you know, for the whole game. Um, you know, and they don't basically care about anyone else but him. But you'll start to see him do a couple things and think and and take actions out of frustration rather than you know playing within the system
0: and and the you know the tactics. Yeah. I mean, they definitely weren't, uh, they were playing a very physical game. Uh, one of the things I noticed a lot in this match as well is there's like a lot of, a lot of little things going on, you know, tugging the Jersey shoulder to shoulder. So it's not, uh, I think, I think that's, you know, that's clearly a thing that unsettles the team is when teams come in and play, uh, physical and kind of chippy it, it, uh, it really affects us. And I mean it certainly affects Rossi and uh and I think Dio, you know, Rossi has another kind of questionable uh possible penalty in this match, but I think I think the book's out on him. Everybody knows. And I I used to be a referee and when I knew that there was a kid that had a tendency to dive, it made it, you know, I I kept that whistle in my hand a little bit longer while watching them. So It kind of makes me wonder if this is some karma coming back to bite us when it comes to some of these calls not going our way. I know we have well, and especially
1: on the on the road, right? I mean, it's just you're just never gonna get the benefit of the doubt in in a hostile environment with a crowd that's really heated up the way that they were after you know in in the early stages of the game, and so you know, and you'll see. You know, even you even see, I think it was in like the 60th minute, you know, like Latif just goes bananas because Badoya just clears him out, right? And, and Sagafi doesn't really do much initially to, I didn't even know if he, you know, he basically just took a, you know, an, a forearm through his back and Sagafi just called a common foul, you know, and Latif gets beat up more than most people in the midfield when he's during his close control, right? And so you could start to see some of that kind of wear on them and again, but on a you know, uh, being on the road in a hostile environment, again, you're never going to get the calls. You know, again, you know, especially from officials that were already, you know, that we usually don't think of very good, anyways. You know, they're going to be affected more by by those moments than you know your your top level guys, right? So if you're talking, um, I think it's Drew Fisher, you know, and then and then Robert Zabiga are the two of the guys that you know they seem to be kind of unfazed by whatever's happening. They just kind of call it straight. Um, mm-hmm. And so again, and I, I've, I feel like I've seen a pattern of different things from Sagafi in terms of his inability to manage some of these more
0: heated matches and heated games. Right, right. Oh well, I mean, we'll see what happens down the stretch. Everybody's having trouble with the with the referees. Uh, I'm trying to leave a little meat on this bone because I know we have some questions on it. So, um, anything else you want to get into before we go after questions? I, I think the Tyler Miller discussion is still interesting to me. Anything there?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I think the back line—he marshaled the back line fairly well, you know, with the exception of that 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 first goal. But I feel like he, you know, both he and Zimmerman get hung out to dry by, you know, by by and essentially just Harvey's Harvey and Segura's inability to win aerial duels on that side of the field, right? And you know, maybe it's a matter of okay, if you know that it that's that's an area that, you know, I think this is what Vince LaRose, you know, uh, Vince LaRose po- pointed out when when I asked the question the other day, was that, you know, again, it, is, it a, is it really a been, if it's, if we know that this is where teams are targeting it, because again, you've you've seen it happen over and over again, whether it's Latan, whether it was um, Quintero and Toy, it was, you know, again, that left side is where people are targeting and looking to make opportunities, you know, partially is because Segura is what, 5'11",
0: yeah, right? I think so.
1: He's not the tallest guy in the world at center back, right? Comparatively to, you know, Walker, who's I think six three, or you know, look, look internationally and in, at like Virgil Van Dyke, who's six foot five, right, or whatever it may right. be, right. And so, knowing that you know you you have a better chance of winning arrow duels there uh, now. From from a team perspective, you have to understand that you you have to win those second balls after the fact, right? And that's something that they didn't do in that situation. Um, and again, it leads to and it leads to that opportunity. And so, you know, again, you have to wonder um, again, can we? How quickly can we adapt to? to some of the things that teams are doing against us, right? Because again, that's an easy fix and you, again, you largely see it cut out for the majority of the second half, right? Zlatan's the only one I think that's been able to do it fairly on a consistent basis, but even in the second game, after what, the 20th minute, you really don't see that being a viable tactic anymore along that side of the field. And so again, the question is, you know, they, they, why aren't we ready for that earlier? Right when it seems to be a fairly common, you know, a fairly common approach that teams are taking against LAFC is to look at that side of the field, play that long ball, you know, and then if you win the 50-50, you know, or the 50-50 doesn't really go well for Harvey, you know, there's going to be opportunities to be had. And I think, like I said, it it's something, you know, you have to kind of look at it from, you know, again, the the bigger picture perspective and how, how they're going to be able to fix that as we head into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially that goal specifically, Harvey. It to me, it I, it's kind of hard to tell on the on the replays that I've been able to watch, but it, to me, it looks like Harvey technically wins that header, but it just goes back, uh, and Bedoya is able to run onto the ball, and Segura has to close him down because now you have Harvey trying to keep up with Pico, who is significantly faster than Harvey. Uh, ball is played in behind. Zimmerman is. Trying to help Harvey, I think he's shooting over a little bit to to try and pick up Pico, but then, uh, just kind of stops near the post. I, I assume he's trying to cut out like a uh a cross on the ground. Beta Shore can't pick up Shabelko because you also have I think it was Wagner that comes in. So he's Brennan Harrison makes him. a run. Okay, and then Miller, uh, is off his line. If he's on the line, he can probably get to that ball, but uh. You know, Shabelko just kind of pops it, just lolly pops it right over him. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, he both. I mean, they they're put in no man's land at that same point, right? Because you're kind of just caught between, okay, do I do we pick up this runner coming in from the run from Aronson and Bedoya off the, you know, off of that off that move, or you know, like you're basically playing in the averages because you know you're going to give up something. At that point, right. because again, right. the you're just put in a bad position, you know. At that, and so that's that's where you have to wonder. It's like, okay, if if this is the case, how do we limit some? You know, again, we just have to be. be how do how can you make sure that you're aware of what they're going to do and adapt sooner, as opposed to waiting until halftime, which is sometimes it, it seems like it takes that long for them to adapt defensively. You know, yeah. is is until the half, as opposed to I think Heath Pierce noted in the broadcast saying it's like, yeah, these are things that you have to do. In game adjustments, and and you hear Bob yelling it out and trying to, you know, getting it squared away. But sometimes like I said, I don't think it comes off, you know, as easily.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting when we go back and watch this match to see uh, how many times that becomes a problem. I mean, it definitely seemed like they were playing much more direct than they probably normally would. So I'll be interested to see just how much they did actually did on their on their rewatch. All right, Josh. Anything else there?
1: No, I think that's it for now. At All least right. until I get a, it's you know a second, third look at it.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's get into these questions here let me pull them up. So, the first one comes from Maya Minert at Shop Eat Sleep. What changes, if any, would you like or would you make to our back line going forward? I would like to see El Munir start, Josh.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, I think you brought in Palacios for a reason, right? And so between Elmanir and/or Palacios, depending on how long it's going to take him to get settled, you know, I think you're, you know, again for as good of a servant as Harvey has been, and you have to give that guy a rest, one way or another, right? If you if you're going to need him in specific moments for specific games, again, I think, and I think that's what he's going to be best for at this point in his career, right? As opposed to being a ninety-minute guy for thirty-something games a season, I think he's he's a you know he's a spot starter in games where you really need, you know, his veteran leadership and some of those things, as opposed to again, you know, like, um, you know, as opposed to a guy that's going to try and run with some of these younger guys over and over and over again, you know, because again, even in the galaxy game, right. He wasn't the one that they, they, we, that they went after, right. It was more beta side than anything. Um, you know, and, and I think in the, First game, oh yeah. That first one was more just Zlatan doing Zlatan things, so it's a little bit different there too. But again, it's in some of these bigger games, yeah. You you really do need him there. But I think you're, we're, we've worn him down quite a bit in terms of how much we've had to have him play due to injuries and other things, along, you know, other other circumstances as well.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, I'm not sure how El Munir is in the air. It'd be interesting to. To look into that a little more um but i i would definitely say that his recovery speed is going to be a little bit better he certainly offers you more offensively even though i think harvey's been uh been solid and you know kind of providing a little bit of offensive support but he's not going to cut inside you know looking to shoot the ball or take defenders one-on-one he's more just a guy who's willing to get forward play combination passes and then track back when he needs to so And then Palacios, from what we've seen, is a real offensive threat. So I'm excited for him to get uh, settled in the squad so we can see what he can do. Uh, Next one comes from the LAFC Kansas City Midwestern supporters. We really do need to step up our game on the defense. This kind of goes hand-in-hand with what we were just talking about. You got anything else here, Josh?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, like, I think for one, it's like you – I think they're gonna the the coaching staff's finally gonna have to decide who you're gonna go for go with at at, at keeper right like is Miller your guy for the rest of the season or is it Sistean because both of them need some confidence and then they need to settle in right and I think that's kind of the biggest thing is again you just you haven't had you've just had way too many have you know again for for one reason or another. You know, there's been a lot of rotation. There's just unsettledness in terms of how they've been playing together. And so you have guys, you know, that move at different times than they normally would or are are rotating different times, you know, and again, it just doesn't feel as cohesive as it did more than anything else, right? I think, you know, I, when you, if you were to come give me, you know, give me the option of our back line versus, you know, Mr. $15 million in, in New York, I'm probably still going to take our back line just based on the way that they've played all year long, right? Um, you know, Kamar Lawrence would be nice at left at left back, right? But yeah, at the same right. time like in from from an attacking sense and from just kind of an overall, you know, you know, again, they've been largely been the best defense in the league this whole year, but again, I think they've been unsettled by change you know rotation and changes and time away and all these different things and i think that that's the biggest thing is that i think we're finally going to get into a stretch at least until october the october international window you know which is during the playoffs but i think you'll finally actually get to see the majority of these guys train together for the first time you know again for a solid month or so and you know again that should go a long
0: way in terms of just kind of getting everything settled yeah, I certainly agree. I think the the goalkeeping spot is the big one for me. We, I mean, we just talked about left back. I, I don't see them going completely away from Harvey, even though everybody's kind of on board with going with El Manu for a while. Um, but they have got to stamp out whatever confidence issues just keep plaguing both of these keepers. And I think you do that by just saying, you're the guy. Uh, and it's going to suck to deliver the message to either Miller or Cisniega that, look, man, you're going to sit the rest of the season uh, unless something goes wrong. But I think they just got to pick one and go with it. Uh, and at this point, I, I don't really care who it is. I think both are capable of being solid MLS keepers. Uh, I know a lot of people keep you know clamoring for Cisniega to take it from from Miller, but it should be telling that he hasn't, uh, that he hasn't just taken that job for himself yet. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: he's had more than enough opportunities yes. to take it, but he, he just hasn't done it, right? Yeah. And for one, whatever reason, you know, whatever that may be and whatever reason it is, again, he's had more than, I think he's had enough opportunities at this point, you know, between, you know, Miller struggles in certain games or the international breaks or whatever it may be, right, to really just solidify himself as the number one. And again, for every you know, like for every you know for the two the two or three games where he looked unbelievable in terms of the saves you were making and da 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 and his you know he's also had a string of just horrific games as well, right? Yeah, where he right. hasn't, where he just has he's just looked average at best, right? And mm-hmm. you know, and with Miller, you know, even in the games, some of the games that we lost, right, like the Galaxy game, for example, you know, he, there's we probably lose probably. Even by even more, if Miller doesn't stand on his head a couple times and, and make some pretty, you know pretty incredible saves, right. um, and so again, you know, so you, when so if you're talking about shot stopping from Cisnega being the one thing that oh he does so much better, da, 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 yeah, right. It, it, again, I I think I feel like I I at this point I would have if if it were clear cut you would have there there would be no debate, right? And like. And I think he's left too much, he's left a little bit too much room for error in terms of how, in terms of his, um, not room for error, but room for discussion, you know, in terms of um, his play, you know, because again, it's not like he hasn't had more than enough opportunities to just really uh, steal the job altogether. Well,
0: I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. He's had plenty of opportunity. He came in in the Open Cup and made enough of an impression that he did make the coaching staff waffle after Tyler Miller came back from the gold cup uh, a little bit off. And I think then you see that's when they start to tinker around with it. And the keeper comes in, he comes out, he comes in, he comes out. Cisniega pick up picks up the injury. Uh, so we ride Miller. And again, this, this whole thing is just kind of uh, silly to this point, but you're, you're totally right. He's got to win the job. And he's had more than enough opportunity to do it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who they end up going with. But I think they're going to have to make a decision here in the next week or two and uh, and ride it out. All right. Are uh, you ready for the next one? Let's do it. I see you already engaged this one on, uh, on Twitter, but this one's from Valeria at Finding Nebula. Rate the ref 0 to 10. Josh, you said negative 4
1: yeah for the four clear you know for the four penalties I think we should have probably had in that game.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair or the four yellow cards that we got granted, a lot of those were fair. As we were hauling guys down on on breakaways. so
1: but again, I think I think it's interesting because I think a lot of those ones are out of like I think the frustrating thing is like okay, you get you pick up that yellow card, but then atuesa gets cleared out at the top of the box and nothing. Right. right. Dio, Dio earn you know, likely, you know, the only one where I can see there's is Rossi's where I'm just like, yeah, you can get back up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And again, but, it's Diego but,
0: Rossi, who is an admitted diver.
1: Yeah. But, uh, you know, but then, you know, Dio's where the guy, you know, clips his feet. You're just yeah. like, okay, that's a penalty
0: anywhere in the world, I, you know, I, or I think the most egregious one, it's, it's not a penalty, it's a free kick, but the out to West one where he just gets, he passes the ball. I think he's looking for Rossi through the center back and, and right back and then just gets cleared out. Uh, and Segafi just looks at him like, no, man, you played the ball. So you're good. Like <laughs> It happened yeah. after the ball already left. So and it, it wasn't like he provided
1: there was an advantage played or that. No, like he no. didn't, didn't, you know, there wasn't a scoring opportunity that was stopped. Nope. So no, at that point I you got to
0: Philly wins that ball. Yeah. So you're right. He doesn't play advantage. He's just like, no, man, get up. Uh, we'll yeah, and then
1: Latif and Mark Anthony Kip pick up, you know, pick up yellows for fouls that were, you know, again they're they're, they're fouls whether or not yeah. they're yellow card worthy on a couple of them. Eh. you know, again, and then and then when Bedoya clears out Latif, nothing. Right, like I've this is I've never seen Latif this incensed with a referee, you know. Yeah. And just and clear, again, I, don't, and that, I don't
0: ever want to be the show that says like, oh, the refs are out to get us, because uh, I don't think that it, that's it. I think. The refs are just not good in MLS. The pro referee, uh, I don't know if they're a company, I don't know if they're a union, I don't know what they are, but they're just not good. Well, and, I mean, uh, I think this
1: is the one pl- the one place that every, you know, the Galaxy fans, Atlanta fans, LAFC fans, we are all unite under one banner, Yeah. right? You know, like, and, and, the, and there's a bunch of other things, you know, different you know, things going on in the league right now in terms of people trying to unite over certain things. The one that we could definitely unite over is how bad pro referees are. Yes. So between I mean, Ted th- Uncle and Sagafi, you know, and then, you know, some of the other, and then what is it, Rolf Fleischer getting kicked in the face Yes. Um, the so other that, day. That's
0: what I was going to bring up here too, is uh, the Galaxy, I'm going to throw them a bone here uh, at the risk of our listeners. <laughs> uh, they got jobbed. This week against Colorado. like I, the penalty that they, that Colorado was awarded, I think it's Shin Yashiki that, that dives and gets a, and gets a penalty. And, oh, that and, made, that made,
1: I mean, uh, Rosy's look like Rossi was like, you know, got, got a high boot to the face.
0: Yeah. I mean, it makes it look like, or like, right or here. like he got, he got actually
1: like got studs up, taken out. <laughs> yeah. Comparatively to the one that Shin Yashiki got.
0: I don't think there's any contact and Shin Yashiki just dives.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I think it's just consistency, right? Yeah. Like yeah. there's, you just want to see it called the same week in, week out. And it just never, never that. And you'll, you know, you see that across, you know, across the world. It's not, you know, we're not the only league that has bad officials, you know, and fortunately we don't take it to the extent that you see in Brazil sometimes where I think the, a ref was killed on the field after a game. So right. a little bit intense.
0: Right. Yes. Uh. So, I mean, not good. Not good all the way around. All right, the next one I have here is... Wait a second. Now it's all out of order. Sometimes Twitter makes things more difficult. All right, from Dustin Singer at Catman Dustin. Doosten. Dousten. Something like that. How do we go about getting better referees? I don't even understand some of these those clear fouls that were missed right in front of the ref. Ah, uh, you responded to this one as well. I'll let you have that.
1: Oh, I don't even remember what I put on that one. You
0: said move to league MX.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's probably your only, and even then I'm not even sure it's better.
0: Oh man. No, I don't think so.
1: No, because no. I think down there, they're just paid off by, you know, the, the cable companies.
0: Right. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't know if it's a union or a company or what MLS's contract with these referees. looks like, um, but yikes it's bad so maybe maybe i'll look into that for our next show so dustin hold on we'll get you a better uh we'll get you a better answer all right last one donuts at Steely Zidane. are you reading much into dio starting with brian coming off the bench i get that it would essentially put three winger wingers on the field but brian is such a game changer i think we talked about this one a little bit but go ahead josh
1: yeah i, I to me i think it's more of a it's an it's an issue of just knowing that them not having the opportunity to train together, you know, so you're, you know, obviously Vela, when Vela is available, he's going to start and you're not going to tell him, Oh, you're going to come off the bench. So he's the E Rodriguez is the easiest person to, to sit because he's new, right. For the time being. But I think, you know, with that in mind, you know, you know, with, once, to, once there's time to get everyone training together and playing together, you know, and then again, I think Vela was also on a minute restriction because otherwise there's no way he would have come out at 60, um, you know, voluntarily. And so I think it's just more of a matter of, of just the timing and the injury concerns and some of those things as to why it is this way for now. I think long-term, you know, at least I think the plan especially with vela coming off of the injury and then once he starts playing 90 i think you're gonna probably see the three of them play together with vela at the top of it just so he can you know i can hear there's less of a defensive burden on him
0: yeah i agree and i mean we've seen we've seen this happen before it's it's a tough squad to crack to you know crack into even given the lull that we're in right now so i don't think rodriguez is ever going to come straight in and and go 90 or, you know, even start and go 60 every match. It's going to take some time, and Bob's going to want to see, you know, uh, whatever he considers to be progress before he hands over the reins. But I am very excited to see the three of them play together uh, and to see what, you know, just how thoroughly they can disorganize uh, opposing sides as a result. All right, that's all our questions, Josh. You got anything anything else you want to get into before we hang up here?
1: No. I'm um, you know, I'm trying to <laughs> like I said, just trying to recover after a long weekend of of work stuff and but you know, more than anything, I think like I said, it's I want to just uh you know, reiterate how important it is that we basically just take a deep breath, right? Like it's it's easy to panic in these things, but you know, like I said, we have it's it's not like we've lost four games straight right or any of these different things you know we're still in a good position we're still on a record but you can say we definitely have to you know sharpen things up but I think there's a lot that actually being able to train together you know on a normal week schedule you know unlike what we've had as of late you know whether due to injury or to you know or to international call-ups you know that that's prevented from so I think like I said once they're able to kind of get back in there and have that level of sharpness because I think that's a big reason why they look so good in the beginning they've been playing together for a whole year you know, and then at this point now, this team just hasn't played together, you know, or at least to the extent that you would like to at this point in the season. And so that's why I think that the the changes will likely come a lot slower than we probably, you know, than some people will probably want. But at the same time, like I said, I, I think with, with time and with with opportunities to train, you'll probably start to see some of these things happen, you know, again, and, or at least follow, follow through with the plan that
0: likely was being put into place yeah yeah. Um, I do agree. It's interesting that look at these other teams. Philadelphia drew with us last night and celebrated as if they won MLs Cup. Uh, same with Orlando, they drew with they drew against us. Minnesota had reason to celebrate because they were the only team to beat us in that stadium this year in MLs play. And even Galaxy, they drew against us the second time and celebrated like, you know, that was their season. Like, please, God, let us just draw against LAFC. Um, and we have, you know, three draws and a loss, and we feel like the sky is falling. Which it is clearly not. We're still uh, the odds-on favorite for Supporter Shield. Uh, and we've, we've discussed how, you know, there are legitimate concerns. Um, so we're not trying to just look at it through rose-colored glasses here. But Everybody can pick up their heads. We'll get back on, uh, you know, we'll get back on our way and back in form again. And hopefully we'll be able to carry it on through the postseason. Um, I th- I feel like there's uh we, we may owe the listeners a bit of an explanation here. Josh, you coach football, have a busy job. You've been traveling. I coach club soccer uh, and I work in the operating room. So my hours are kind of crazy. So I think that's, you know, that's part of the reason that our, our schedule hasn't been as uh is quite as neat as it has been uh with the fir- with the rest of the episodes, but we're gonna continue to try and get them to you uh quote unquote on on time did I miss anything that you got going on Josh no that's pretty much it just okay. lo- a lot
1: of random stuff
0: yep all right well, you can tweet at the show at counterpress underscore you can email us uh the counterpress show at gmail at gmail dot com I am at Kirk Kinsey on twitter and josh l a f c josh All right, so hit us up. We will get back into this game a little bit, probably on Tuesday afternoon, and you should be finding that in your feeds on Wednesday morning. Uh, But for today, that is all. So we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye.